2: Welcome to the Luke and Pete show. My name is Pete Donaldson. And uh, once again, like Monday, we'll be joined by uh, Mark Haynes from WrestleMe. Uh, we're actually joined by uh, another of our Stakhan of Contributors, Mr. Chris Broad from the Abroad in Japan podcast slash YouTube channel. You are right, Chris? Hello from a house in North Japan, Aiden. Have a good oh, day, good. I'm I'm also in a house in England. Um, so, Chris, uh, just a little bit of a, a 411 on Christopher. He is a Japanese slash uh, – he's a, he's a YouTuber who lives in Japan. He's originally from Kent. In England, uh, and now he lives in Japan, and he's a very successful YouTuber. And uh, I do a show with him every single week. So it's not just Luke and Peach shows, It's not just the Football Ramble. It's not even just Wrestle Me. I also do a fourth show abroad in Japan. So if you ever see me, if I'm a little bit skittish, if I'm a little bit confused, if I, I don't really know what I'm doing, it's because I do four different podcasts a week, if not you- nine. <laughs> You are
1: mental. You have a podcast empire, to be honest, Pete. It yeah. boggles my mind how you have the time to do it all. <laughs> And somehow, before this, before the old COVID thing, you were coming over to Japan as well, uh, frequently in between. So you're a busy man.
2: People joke that I have a secret Japanese family. Now, Chris, you've seen me in Japan. <laughs> Can you confirm or deny that I have a beautiful Japanese family?
1: <laughs> he does have a beautiful Japanese ah, family. Nuts. Keiko-san. keiko Yamaha.
2: Keiko-san. okay right where did he get that name from
1: she lived in Nagasaki Pete whenever Pete comes to Japan he disappears to Nagasaki for a week or two and uh, legend has it that's where he hangs out with Keiko and his little little child Um, Takeshi Takeshi Takeshi
2: Takeshi, Satori why why has the child got a different name to the mum you adopt it. Doesn't make it. any sense. You I adopted, adopted it. Yeah, I don't. Know. Yeah, but you don't ado- I think you're allowed to rename an adopted child. I think you are, anyway. Depending on how old they are, maybe not. I don't. You, know. you can to. certainly give them a new second name. I'm certain. I'm certain of that, anyway. Um, so, for people who don't know you and your lying ways, um, how did you sort of get involved in the whole YouTube nonsense out there in Japan?
1: I came over to teach in Japan uh, like you once intended to do, right, P? You, you mm. hoped to come over here? Uh
2: yeah, fucked it. Absolutely fucked my uh, entrance <laughs> uh, in- interview to the JET program, the teaching English as a foreign language in in, in Japan. Absolutely fucked it.
1: Salt in the wound. So I actually got on mm. it somehow. I don't know how. I think I, I tell people it's because I'm brilliant. But the real reason, and this is true, is I applied in 2012. And of course, in 2012, that was the year after the Fukushima nuclear disaster. Uh, and I think thin like four people applied for the position of teaching in Japan. So they're like, oh, Thank God someone still applied this Chris guy. Anyway, I got over there uh, I taught English for 3 years in North Japan in a beautiful little place called Yamagata. It's a really rural place that uh, is the kind of butt of all jokes uh, in mm. Japan for being back, kind of backwater. What's the equivalent in the UK? It's, is, hard. Is it it's my put? hometown.
2: It's my it definitely hometown, is, Chris. isn't it?
1: <laughs> it is. You'd have loved it. Um mm. and of course you've come over to visit uh the oh, yeah. as well. Yeah.
2: So radio. Quite, like, It's probably the most the, the I have been on radio there and, and it's the most still quiet place in, in Japan I've ever been, really. Like during the day, on a nice sunny day, there's just no one in the middle of the town. It's really, really bizarre, isn't it, Chris? It is, it is. But I,
1: what I'm amazed is, when you, when we were there, you stayed at this little nice traditional Japanese inn. We stayed, mm. I think, for three or four nights. And while we were there, the mayor of St. Petersburg was staying a few <laughs> yes. rooms down the corridor. Rather.
2: So many dignitaries. Pete Donaldson from Absolute Radio and the Luke and Pete show, <laughs> and the mayor of St. Petersburg <laughs> doing some deals.
1: And I, I, what amazed me is, even though you were there like three or four days, you somehow... Somehow got into the the local radio station and did a segment mm. with the local did
2: DJ. Bit, did a bit of broadcasting. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. It's amazing what you yeah. did in that that short space of time. I do, um, I do. When I go, when I do go abroad, I do try and squeeze in as much as I can in like two or three days. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, I, I love, I love community led sort of radio stations. Sometimes I've got this internet radio in the in the kitchen and. Um, You can just load up any radio station going. And some of my favorites, the Japanese ones, where, you know, Japanese music, as you're well aware, Chris, it's very derivative. They don't, they're not really adding much to the party, certainly on the popular music side of things. And everything's just well, everything's just well kind of considered and well, um, looked at and they just reproduce it and the, and they really sit within the confines of that particular genre and they don't experiment or bring anything new to the party but mm. it is very very well um it is, it is very well kind of done the music if 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 a little uh, derivative or, or not derivative in fact just a carbon copy of what, what everyone else does um but uh, I, yeah i love listening to community stations because they'll just go hours and hours without speaking bloody hell Oh no! Drop me microphone. You've broken the Luke Peach. I, I got so excited. I knocked my microphone <laughs> on my floor. Oh yeah, I got so excited about Japanese music. Um, I... So yeah, I, I love the. I love listening to radio stations like in the middle of nowhere from from different parts of the world. It's it's there's something very atmospheric about it. I just
1: like the idea there were like fishermen out in the Sea of Japan that morning listening mm. to this this guy from Hartlepool Idiot, yeah. just randomly on the local radio. <laughs> never 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 before <laughs> done in North Japan. You're yeah. probably the first person from Hartlepool to appear on local Japanese radio and that is a worthy cv, CV worthy. I imagine so. yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: um, definitely. But, but, continuing my kind of story, I guess, uh, after I finished mm. teaching for three years in Yamagata, in that town, uh, I became a YouTuber. And I'd been doing YouTube for three years at that point. It's sort of a hobby. Um, I started making videos in my bedroom, made like one video a month, just sort of talking about my experiences, the people I met along the way, the culture, um, documenting it. And it kind of took off. I always joked during those years when I was teaching that if the YouTube channel took off, then I would do it full time. And I think the target I set was to get 100,000 subscribers. I got there somehow after about two and a half years, hit 100,000. I was like, right, well, I've got to bloody do it now, haven't I? Um, and I've been full-time YouTubing since 2015, 2016. And um, now the channel's on the cusp of 2 million subscribers. So it's been quite a weird journey and there's been lots of crazy things that have happened along the way. Um, but mm. it's, it's pretty cool to be a YouTuber in Japan. I think I take it for granted, given I'm mm. such a Grumpy, cynical, sarcastic Brit. Um, <laughs> <Just> <laughs>
2: how, how how do you sort lucky. of like because obviously obviously um, Japanese uh, creators find it quite difficult to sort of work within the confines of a very administration heavy um, uh, society. Like how do you sort of like to, I mean how do you even report taxes? <laughs> how do you kind of like sort of go? I'm a YouTuber, um, and you have presumably have to explain what a YouTuber is. I imagine it's it's there's a lot of red tape involved in being a YouTuber in 2020 in Japan. Tax? What tax? I don't, I don't, pay. <laughs> I don't pay tax. I'm a to Hamilton I do. Baby.
1: I do pay tax. I want to put that out there now. Uh, lots of tax. <laughs> tax rate in Japan is higher than the UK. know how lucky the UK <laughs> has it. it. Yeah, Ugh. I don't know what it is, but it's higher. I know that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what, like it's it's a funny old thing. YouTube has finally become an acceptable job to have in Japan. Japan's always been a little bit behind on the social media front. Um, they say it's like three years behind, like the US and the UK. Uh, like in the UK and the US, we've been using. Uh, YouTubers and social media influencers um, for years now to promote products and things and so it's kind of seen as a serious thing but in Japan it took a lot longer to take off but now there are lots of prominent Japanese YouTubers they're everywhere and they they make a good living from it and uh, in fact being a YouTuber is one of the top three most wanted professions for school kids in Japan because they see it mm. as a pathway out of the sort of Uh, drudgery of everyday life office work, which is what most people end up doing, the old salaryman job, right? Mm. It's seen as a way to freedom, a path to freedom and excitement. Um, So it has been accepted. And now when I tell people I'm a YouTuber, they're just interested they just, all they ever ask is, Oh, do you make money? How much money do you make? Is there money? Can you make money from it? Money. <laughs> can the I have only money I <laughs> The only thing they care about. It's a bit
2: depressing. Yeah. The way that uh, YouTubers are viewed is always through the prism of, of how much money they're bringing in because mm. um, the norms, <laughs> the normies, uh, are just really surprised that people can make money out of nowadays. I mean, you look at someone like uh, PewDiePie or, or KSI and you can talk about the relative merits of those two mm. particular YouTube channels, but um, they never talk about the content. They never talk about what they do. They only talk about uh, like you know the newspaper articles about youtubers are only only concerned with how much money is being made because people can't believe that people who do unboxing videos or tech reviews or um uh, you know, d- you know, talk about other YouTubers or play video games. They're, they're so surprised that people can get away, so to speak, with with making a lot of money. But you know, they're content providers; they, they they sell adverts, and it's it's it really annoys me that uh, people kind of are surprised that I mean, even to a lesser extent, podcasters make money out of uh, uh, of podcasts. You make money. Day, you're, you're a vessel. <laughs> you're a vessel. Small amount of money, but you're a vessel for uh, for adverts, aren't you? That's that, that, that's that's modern life. That's how it a all vessel
1: works. for adverts. That's that's, That's all
2: depressing.
1: TV channels ever were. You've made me reevaluate everything I am, everything I've become. I'm right. He's just a I, vessel. I'm a vessel of shit. I, I. Uh, you're right though. It is annoying. Um, and, and the interesting thing is when I look at all the YouTubers that I'm friends with uh, and that I know. None of them started with the idea of making money. And I'm, I'm a no. personal example of that. I never expected to make money out of it. I just love making videos. I always wanted to be like a film director, but I threw the dream in the bin because I realized how difficult it was, but then resurrected it when I was in Japan. Uh, I saw YouTube was coming up and coming. And I thought, oh, maybe if I make some videos, edit them nicely, put them up, people watch it. Things will happen, but I'll have fun mm. uh, above all. And it wasn't until like two years of doing that, of making videos. I must've made about 20 videos over a two year period that I did, you know, get my first paycheck. It was like, I don't know, nothing, less than $100 or something. Um, And it wasn't until about three or four years in that I was making the sort of same money I was making from my teacher's salary. Right. Um, So it's a long path to making money on YouTube. And if you, the key is to not have any expectations to do it because you like doing youtube because you're enjoy the content you're talking about something you're passionate about right um so don't have expectations if you want to be a youtuber otherwise you'll you know lose motivation if you just think about money and subscribers but if you Mm. love what you do and you put the effort in hopefully it'll take off but people like pewdiepie and these other creators like ksi who make we're talking you know two hundred fifty thousand pounds a month someone like pewdiepie probably more than that um they are a very rare case very might like small minority um, that we all aspire to be. Definitely,
2: <laughs> is there is there a situation where like um, creators who are a little bit more focused on on hits and focused on money, they find themselves like doing. Things that they know will bang, know will go off and stuff, and mm. and they just end up getting burnt out because they're not really interested in the in the work that they're doing.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Um, like those react channels, there's a lot of react channels. That was the the mm. big thing a few years ago, just churning out these tedious, crappy react videos of people reacting to the most mundane things. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that phase has died out, although it seems to have come back in the last month, right? For some reason, about 20 Japanese YouTubers, never happened before, uh, have been reacting to abroad Japan videos, so much so that the Japan Times, the largest um, foreign aimed newspaper in Japan, did an article about mm. it the other day. Um, yeah. They seem to have come back, bloody react videos. Reacting to
2: how, how do you review with the Japanese YouTuber's, the things you say well, about the country? The, the, they're all relatively favourable.
1: The two videos they've reacted to are uh, videos I've made called uh, Why I Avoid Japanese TV, basically a video mm. talking about why it's rubbish and it's not as fun as you think it is. Because I think most people, certainly in the UK, we think, oh, Japanese TV it must be amazing. Takeshi's
2: Castle, mm. yes, but it's not. It's much. It's very bad. Um, it's just it, again. It's just more reaction videos, isn't it? It's just people reacting to people in the studio, a yeah. little no panel reacting to video feeds. Effectively, it's, it's just more well, of that, really. I, I saw while I was
1: watching when these um, Japanese YouTubers react to me, there was a scene of me uh, in the video uh reacting to something in my video and then this japanese youtuber was reacting to my video and it was like (laughs) inception four levels of reaction (laughs) and i just thought oh god what (laughs) the world come to but i don't know it's a funny old business but i i feel very lucky to do it i just hate the phrase social media influencer if anybody calls me that i throw them out of a window because well do you do
2: you you ever um do you do you ever get sent anything to, to 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 talk about to post what to uh,
1: to influence you mean to influence yeah, to influence
2: I mean, presu- I mean presumably the whole the whole gig of being an influencer is that you get sent a lot of shit and then you put it on your channel uh, and you don't get paid for it but you go oh, got playstation cool
1: <laughs> i'm approached quite a lot by companies to promote like mm. candy boxes and skillshare and audible and things yes of course and, yeah. you know it's, it's fine but i i don't do it I, I i'm lucky that i don't need to do it because i've got uh, the channel's big enough now that i don't really need to do sponsorships unless it's something very specific to my audience like i'm doing one in a couple of weeks about a japanese language school that i worked with um sorry not a japanese language school a website that helps you choose your japanese language school in japan a really good website and um and i'm shouting that out um, which is cool i think because they've got an online course or something but like for the most part i don't do it um and i'm lucky because i also have patreon like i think
2: you do with the football ramble right Mm, yeah, the old Patreon. It's 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 it, it, it kind of um, Patreon's been been great and continues to be great simply because you know certainly in a year like this where just the advertising market's gone up and down and and, and mainly down because mm, mm. for obvious reasons, you know people people are in all kinds of kinds of bother. but um, it, it just makes sure that you can provide content because otherwise we just you know we can't keep the lights on. We've got an office, mm. we've got a studio that needs to be paid for. It's it's not as um, podcasting certainly is not as lucrative as 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 youtubing but um it's uh it, it, it may get there one day, but but not right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's always important to remind, I mean, I, I don't bring up my Patreon that much in my videos, but it's there. And if I didn't have it, then I don't know if I'd be here now because I launched it like three or four years ago at a difficult time. Um, and it ultimately it worked out. And it's, it's mm. nice to have more than the financial backing of people. It's nice to have people that believe in you, right? That feeling of, oh, wow, people believe in... The things that I do, the videos I make, and the things I show them that uh, they want to support the channel, and that is almost that's more rewarding in some respects than the money. But the money is good, and the money is very useful for <laughs> where, producing
2: content. Where are your uh, Where are you right now? Uh, what are you doing? What's What's a day in the life of Chris uh, Lake on a um, We're actually recording this on a Tuesday. What you, What did you do today? <laughs> it was just been a, a pretty lackluster day. I don't want
1: to paint a picture that YouTubers are lazy because we're not. Mm. Um, I I work hard, but today was a bad day I didn't sleep for whatever reason um, <laughs> one of those nights Guilt. you can't sleep I think I drank too much coffee before I went to bed and I didn't you sleep you always drink
2: too much coffee Chris has uh, oh, a, a terrible addiction to the <laughs> hot hot coffee in a can uh, nonsense I do um, that is available it's ubiquitous um, every street on Japan has three or four little sort of pop uh, vending machines and you also get hot coffee in there as well and Chris sure is. is addicted to it all, it's insanity the amount of coffee Chris drinks. He drinks, I'm, I'm, I, when we're recording abroad in Japan on the podcast, I am up in the morning, so I'm, you know, it's nine o'clock in the morning, ten o'clock in the morning for me, uh, but it's around about, you know, seven in the evening for for him, and he's hmm. still slamming the coffee back like it's nobody's business. He's he, he he drinks coffee like I drink coffee when I'm in Japan. Um, I'm jet lagged, that's my excuse. Jet lagged,
1: jet lagged. We didn't. If I didn't have coffee, the abroad Japan podcast, the abroad Japan Would channel, work. wouldn't work. It'd just be me going. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway, I went to bed at like I went to bed at midnight and couldn't sleep mm. till about like five a.m. Coffee um, so been, today. It's been a right coffee. On. It's coffee, <laughs> and it was coffee that resurrected me from the dead, Pete. Um, that yeah. I've discovered a new way to wake up. What you got to do is put your headset on, put your headphones in, AirPods, whatever, play. Uh, Firestarter by the prodigy, drink a coffee and do thirty press ups and the kick from that will wake you up for the next three hours. Do it.
2: For the and next three hours, that's all you're getting. That's it. That's your full day, three hours. Then you've got to you gotta do it again. then you going. Then you gotta do it again, right? <laughs> repeat. <Okay. laughs> Rinse and repeat. And <laughs> then after uh... this
1: podcast It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be 8, 9 p.m., but I've still got to edit some videos and actually make something of the day. Um, Mm. And I'm editing a six-part series where I traveled around uh, central Japan to see Mount Fuji, something I've consistently failed to do for eight years. Mm. Because the glorious, beautiful, iconic mountain is always in the clouds and you never see it. So I went on like a six-day expedition just to go and get a glimpse of it. So I've got to edit that. Mm. It's my life.
2: <laughs> very you weird. Can, well, you can, you can check that out on the Obron Japan YouTube uh, channel. Uh, we're going to take a short break, if that's all right with you, Chris, and we'll be back uh, with, with a couple of your emails. If you didn't do any on Monday, I got very confused and flustered because Mark was in the studio. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back in a second.
1: This,
2: this week, week on Stikarnov. One Directions Liam Payne was in the studio talking to Jack Med's happy hour about life as a global pop star. With untold stories about his time on The X Factor Life in the world's biggest boy band And going solo This one is not to miss
0: I was part of this massive machine And I knew my part in the machine very well So I knew what I was doing every day But then when that machine falls away And you're in the world And the world's just happening around Like where do you fit?
2: You can catch the full episode on Spotify If that doesn't tickle your fancy on this week's Football Ramble Presents, Kate and Jim sat down with former Chelsea, Juventus and England striker and football legend Enia Luco to discuss her storied career and her autobiography, They Don't Teach This.
0: Whether it's racism, whether it's bullying, whether it's sexism, often these behaviours are silent. They're not always something that's said. It's a feeling, it's a set of behaviours by a group of people towards you that makes you feel incredibly isolated.
2: You can hear more from Enia Luko with Football Ramble Presents on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All that and more That's <laughs> the
2: And we're back. This is the Luke and Peter. I'm joined. Uh, I am Pete Donaldson, and I'm joined by uh, Mr. Chris Broad. Yeah, you know, I imagine you enjoy that uh, little, little, uh, little ad break. It's good. It was the messaging. It, the,
1: the perfect time to have a bit more coffee. Finish the no, coffee. Disgusting. You really it's are
2: yeah. Oh, y- y- and and, and uh, I need to make it very clear that Chris probably sounds quite healthy and youthful, but his, uh, his food uh, intake is mainly fried chicken and his liquid intake is mainly coffee. Um, so he's not going to live to 40. He's no, not going to live to my not. ripe old age. <laughs> it's not my fault
1: that bloody fried chicken is so cheap and ubiquitous pete people think oh japan sushi isn't it sushi and ramen a land of healthy wonderful cuisine but really it's just fried chicken because every convenience (laughs) store in japan
2: it's all it's delicious
1: for one pound for one pound you can get a piece of fried chicken from any convenience store in the country that is better quality Mm. than kfc imagine that how dangerous that is
2: it's certainly it's amazing, up there right? yeah every every I, I go to japan generally about half a stone lighter uh, and come <laughs> back a, a stone and a half heavier since d- my diet out there is disgusting it really it is, is yeah <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, from, from what i've seen so, um, so we've been talking recently about um, a couple of things. People work in in the Amazon fulfillment centers. We've been talking about also people who had little scams going when they had like Saturday jobs or, or jobs when they were a little bit younger. Did you have any scams going when you used to? work? I, I don't know what, where you used to work when you when you were a kid, but um, did you have it when you had a little Saturday job? Did you have any sort of scams going where you used to get free um booze or food or, or money? Uh, well,
1: oh, I. I mean, I've done Put things that I though. can't speak about because I'll probably get arrested, but
2: <laughs> I, 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 uh, uh, what yeah. have I done? What did you used to do back in the day? What, what, was, your, what was your Saturday what? job?
1: My Saturday job was working at a castle where I waited on reputable and incredible figures like Elon Musk and uh, Prince Ooh. Andrew. I met them both. Oh, well, there you go. Your favourite people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> both sides of the same coin in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> I gave
1: Elon Musk his birthday cake and I gave Prince Andrew oh. a glass of champagne. I prefer well, Elon Musk to Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew didn't even say thank you. You know, you think no, where's his manners? Bloody, Nowhere,
2: bloody royal, bloody Shocking. royals. Um, but so you didn't steal any champagne and cake. That's the main thing. Ian has got in touch. Hey, chaps, I'm just having a binge and catching up on a few episodes of Little Pete Show. On the subject of scheming and playing the system, I used to work in a well-known video rental outlet. Let's face it, that's going to be blockbusters, isn't it? Um, We would frequently have bundle offers that would enable renters to have a film, a two-litre bottle of drink and a bag of popcorn or chocolate for a discounted price. The baffling thing for me was the amount of people who would refuse the offer when buying two of the three items, and even though it would cost them less money to add the third item. In those cases, I would always scan the offer, charge the customer the discounted price, and walk away each shift with a load of drink and sweet snacks that's a great little hustle I would say you're getting free popcorn, you're getting free Coca-Cola <laughs> but, but it is actually white collar fraud and that is why
1: blockbusters went under amongst other I things I know right,
2: it was Ian's <laughs> fault Ian? all that, all that dirty damn it, Ian. Uh, butter kiss that he stole <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, have you ever done yeah, anything like no. that? Theft? Not a bad little hustle. Not really. I used to work in a sandwich factory in, in, in Leicester Did and you? Uh, used to spend a bit, yeah, I would like to spend a long time there, to be honest. Like my, my speciality was uh, making the, I think it was for ginsters or, or one of the sandwich brands. No. Um, my, my, my my speciality was uh, was making the egg mayonnaise. Um, no. So you'd get like a big tray full of eggs, like the most amount of eggs you've ever seen, um, and you'd mix it with the most amount of mayonnaise you've ever seen and the most amount of pepper and salt you've ever seen and you mix it together in this massive mincing machine and then uh, yeah cover it in cellophane and put it onto the production line and they would scoop out the um the, the egg mayonnaise onto a, onto a onto a sandwich and and, and bob's your uncle and there's a ginsters uh you know mayonnaise sandwich egg i mean, mayonnaise i used sandwich. to eat ginsters
1: a fair bit um i haven't made it to japan yet but when i lived in the uk i had ginsters and i just to think that one of them could have been prepared by the great pete donaldson Really puts know, a smile right? on my face. You make an egg sandwich, but I
2: did used to. Well, if it smelled I always used, used to get told off because I used to wear too much um, aftershave. He said, "Can you dial down the aftershave, please? Because it will taint the um, taste of the sandwich." Was God sensible? Uh, and uh, I also um, used to spend a lot of time in the frozen room eating sausages. <laughs> You get like strips of bacon and sausages and stuff. I they weren't frozen sausages. I do have a little bit of uh past history uh in eating frozen sausages when I was a kid, just absolutely chomping them from the from the freezer, like little um flesh coloured um ice pops meaty ice pops but uh, no i, I just just uh, eat a lot of um, pre pre smoked bacon uh, wow. and pre cooked sausages in the in the thing it was so delicious it was um, pretty good sounds yeah like well a dream mean, job. well speaking speaking of where you are currently resident and doing youtube from uh, chris um the Sandwiches in in japan is is a they've got a long history uh, of being these amazing culinary creations uh, that we don't get to see uh out out, out in the west um you, you go to any kind of um, 7-eleven or family mart kind of uh, off-license off-door uh you will buy some almost michelin star level sandwiches uh, and they're called sanduiches and they're always very delicious Am I right? I mean, we we have like
1: I, I think you overestimate the brilliance of Japanese sandwiches and the shortened way of saying it is sandor sandor right sandor sando. mm. and often you see it in English written as baked sand because um, they because th- <laughs> that's baked sandwich but um, we have. Egg mayonnaise, it's nice, but there's some wacky flavors like there's noodles, isn't there? Um, you have noodle, yes, yaki noodles, yes, noodles and sandwich,
2: yeah. Noodles mm. and a
1: sandwich doesn't it kind of works sometimes. Um, strawberries and cream in a sandwich, that's that's nice, yes, strawberries flavor. and cream in a
2: sandwich, mm-hmm. nice, yeah. Kiwis and cream, it's it's yes, it, it's and the and the cream is like this white Tipex white bleached monstrosity yeah. as well, but they but they do, like, but yeah, they like uh, J- Japan's weirdly known uh, as being a bit of a um. They really know how to do their sandwiches. And, and they, they cross also us, cut off they? the crusts. They mm. cut the
1: crusts off, yeah, because people don't yeah. like them as much. Yeah, it's an interesting move, that. Perfect.
2: They are good. If you don't let your crusts, get to Japan. Um, we've got another email. Uh, this was an interesting one, actually. Uh, Jack French in South London. He says, "Hi, chaps." Uh, with the mention of Star Trek on Thursday's episode, Luke's uh, partner really, really loves Star Trek and banishes uh, Luke from the front room while she watches. Uh, I think it's um, Next Generation. Um, I want to get in touch regarding the odd set of circumstances which saw the Star Trek, the Star Trek Voyager series, setting off a direct chain of events which ended in Barack Obama's election as the forty-fourth U.S. president. That's a big shout, I have to tell you. Let me take you in a bit of a time tunnel. The year. Is ni- the year is 1997. Now in its fourth season, Star Trek Voyager's popularity is beginning to dwindle. In an attempt to boost ratings, the show's producers decide to add a new, rather attractive character into the show. Enter Jerry Ryan, the actress who played said character, the Borg baddie named Seven of Nine. I seem to recall my dad was a big fan. Uh, I seem to recall Seven of Nine um, in a swimsuit. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Ryan in a swimsuit rather than a Borg in a swimsuit. That would be a bit weird. Um, on my dad's desktop uh my dad had it for a very long time uh a good a good line in uh, windows desktop windows 95 desktops uh, of sexy ladies um, but the actress was an instant success on star trek voyager and became a permanent fixture in the series now this is where things get fruity frequent filming requirements meant that jerry ryan was often away from her husband jack ryan this added untold pressure to their marriage which alongside other factors which we'll get to later on ended in divorce in 1999 skip forward five years to 2004 where Jack Ryan became the Republican nominee for an open Senate seat in the US state of Illinois. During his campaign, however, details of the divorce between Jack Ryan and his former Star Trek ex-wife became public. These details painted the would-be senator in a bad light. Details about his sex life that were rather too saucy for such high office. The scandal forced Ryan to drop out of the Senate race, leaving the Democratic nominee an open net to slam home the win. That nominee was none other than <laughs> Dog dad, playlist maker, and 44th president of the United States of America, Barack Obama. The rest, they say, is history. Love to the family and keep up the good work. Jack French in South London. Jack... Fantastic. I mean, uh, you connected have, the dots. Yeah, I mean, just fantastic stuff. It really is. I like the idea that uh, a, a, a sexy actress on a Star Trek Voyager and um, you know, a love of Stuart Donaldson uh, kind of um, yeah, opened the door for for Barack Obama, one of one of the better presidents in, in recent years. Let's say, I would
1: like to see. A sort of reverse analysis of Boris Johnson under uh, a series of processes and events in human history yeah. that led to him becoming the Prime Minister. Um, yeah, in
2: it's Brexit, mate. It's Brexit. I'll, <laughs> it's Brexit. I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> now, it's Brexit. It's just Brexit. It's just men like my dad voting for Brexit. <laughs> yeah. kind of situation. It's- that is interesting, though, isn't it? I wonder
1: if that hadn't happened, would, would Barack Obama have made it to be the president?
2: Probably I, I think probably he still was yeah I think he'd probably uh, rise to I think the cream rises to the top in many disciplines. you'd certainly be a very uh, a very public member of the Senate you would imagine <laughs> yeah. yeah um anyway uh, this has been lovely Chris, thank you very much for joining us uh, for the Luke and Pete show. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter and the socials and YouTube and stuff? Just tap your legs together twice. Tap your feet together twice oh, and
1: type in Abroad Japan and it'll it'll appear somewhere. YouTube. It'll appear somewhere. Twitter. YouTube's the place to be, though. Go on there. I'm on a couple Japan. of videos. Yeah, and, and that's say. a good reason to watch it. If you don't like me, which is fair enough, I, mean, I don't like me, mm. but you might like Pete Dawson. And he's in at least, you're in at least four, five episodes? maybe three, even Yeah, six. Four, yeah three been, or four, maybe. You've been yeah. watched by at least four million people, I think. So, well done and you are in the well, top video as long about as none of them the
2: police officers I'll be fine um, <laughs> <laughs> so check him out and also why don't you listen to another stuck off podcast by their name of abroad in japan the podcast uh, just search for us wherever you get your uh, iTunes wherever you get your iTunes wherever you get your podcasts on the iTunes or your Spotify's or wherever uh, and we'll see you over there and we will release it. every single Sunday and Thursday. Very much like the Lincoln feature almost. Um, but, Chris, thank you for joining us. Have a great evening, editing with your fucking coffee. Your maniac. Back to editing. Back to the coffee. Uh, uh, Beautiful. Oh. Ta-ta, everyone. See you next time. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.